Welcome to episode number 261 of the Pioneering Today podcast. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about how you manage your time in order to get homesteading done with all of your other activities, especially if you happen to have a day job. Now, that day job might be where you're actually commuting to going to work for someone at, you know, at a day job. But this also works if you are working from home and maybe you're working from home using the internet, doing some type of digital work and or you may be homeschooling your kids and being a housewife. So being a housewife isn't something that we normally say is doing a day job. But for those of you who are raising your kids and running a household, you know that it is pretty much like having a full-time job. So no matter what scenario you find yourself in, uh, these tips are going to help you. At least I hope that they're going to help you. And what I'm going to be walking you through is what my weekly and daily schedule look like. I have gotten so many responses from you guys asking me to cover this topic that I figured it is high time we dive into it. So if we have not met before, by the way, let me introduce myself and say welcome to the podcast. If you are a longtime listener, thank you so much. This episode is definitely for you because so many of you have messaged me on social media and sent me emails about this subject. My name is Melissa K. Norris. I am your host, founder of the Pioneering Today Academy the blog and website, MelissaKNorris.com, as well as the best-selling author of three books, including my newest book, which is The Family Garden Plan, Grow a Year's Worth of Sustainable and Healthy Food. Now, if you do not have a copy of my new book, let me just tell you that it's not for just planning and growing your garden, though it definitely does that. But as we are moving into this season of harvest and then beginning to preserve that harvest, there is a very, very handy chart. And yes, I completely use my own book. In fact, I opened it up just to look up some of this references for this week because I'm going to be purchasing some flats of strawberries. I have 25 strawberry plants. They're in their infancy which means they're only one year old. And when they're one years old, you don't want to let them produce very much fruit, no more than like two strawberries per plant so that they can establish a really good healthy root system and then give you some good crops in the following years. So I had to look up, and if you have a copy of my book, it's on page 12019 is where this chart starts, but it is the harvest and preserving chart. And so I had to look up strawberries, how many fresh strawberries equal in preserves. So six to eight cups of fresh strawberries is going to give you either one quart canned or two pints frozen. So kind of figure almost double fresh is going to give you, if you divide that by two, that's what you're going to get after it's been processed. So if you have two pints, which is four cups, then you're only going to get about one pint's worth of finished end product. And it has a whole chart that goes through fruit and vegetables in it. It's just one of the charts in the book. But I had to grab it for myself. And the reason that I bring that up, so you can go to thefamilygardenplan.com to get more information, all the places to order the book or wherever books are sold. But the reason that I'm starting with that is because my daily schedule and my weekly schedule 
change based upon the seasons. And right now, at the time of this recording, it is the beginning, middle of June when I'm recording this. We are just moving into the busy season with the garden. The garden has been planted for the most part. I will still have some succession planting going on but and fall crops. But for the most part, the main vegetable garden has been planted and that work has been done. Now it's you know maintenance and weeding and checking for disease and all those different things. And then the harvest part. But I know we are moving into the busy harvest season and harvest season for me is a big preserving season. So the reason that I share that is because you have to, at least I found, especially with homesteading, is we have to adapt and adjust and change our schedules based on the seasons. And sometimes it's the literal seasons, like the harvest season that's coming up right now. And other times it's different seasons in life. So I'm going to be sharing what my daily and weekly schedule look like for you right now. But know that that has changed from season to season and yours will accordingly. So right now, I don't have any really young children, like infant toddlers at home. Uh, my kids are in their preteens and in their teenage years. So that definitely makes things look a little bit different. So I just wanted to, to kind of preface with that. And it also looks different because I found, at least for me, and a lot of people I've talked to, there really is no real thing, such thing as finding perfect balance between all the things in your life. I don't think that you can do all of your things in the areas. And so I kind of divide mine out into my spiritual walk. So, you know, I'm a Christian. So where where I'm spending time in the Bible and in prayer and with the Lord, your health exercise falls under that for me, which I'm going to talk about kind of where I go with that and being healthy eating, making sure that you're finding, you know, adequate amount of rest and then excelling at work or with your career, however, you know, you're bringing in your money, how you make your living, and then your home, your garden, and your relationships. So for all of those things and those relationships with my children, with my husband, friendships, family members, etc., I have never, ever had a time where I felt I could give all of those equal attention and everything was at its best. I think it's a bit of a fallacy. I don't think that you can. I think that you're going to have seasons where some things may have a higher focus and priority. Of course, faith and family should always come first. So please don't mis mistake my words there. I don't, I don't mean that those should ever suffer and other things should come before them. But I'm just saying all of that because I don't think that anybody can have an actual perfect balance and that we'll have seasons where we're focusing on different things. So that being said, here is what my weekly and daily schedule looks like in this season. So Monday through Friday is my kids are now at home homeschooling. I'd never homeschooled before, mainly because up until just a few years ago, both my husband and I worked day jobs outside of the home. So I was commuting 18 miles one way, so 36 miles a day to a neighboring town and working at our pharmacy there. And so our kids were in public school. My husband still has his day job. Uh, he works at a mill where they saw guitar tops and bracewood, actually. And his commute is very similar to that. It's about 15 miles away from our home. So he still has that commute and that job. But now that I actually work from home. It's been about two and a half years since I have been writing books and 
podcasting and blogging and this whole wonderful online community of the Pioneering Today Academy and my different digital courses, teaching people all the different aspects of homesteading and becoming more homemade, handmade, and self-sufficient. I'm doing that full time now. So I'm at home doing that, but I am still putting in, honestly, at least, uh, (laughs) well, right now it's about 50 hours a week. It was 60 hours a week. And as we get into more preserving time, I'm going to go back to probably about 40 hours a week, but it's definitely a full time job. I just don't happen to have the commute and I absolutely love and adore what I get to do. But now that we are in COVID, we live in Washington state. Uh, None of our public schools are operating at least at, at they're all digital and all the kids are at home. So I am now a homeschooling mom and we will see in the fall where things lie, if that continues or not. We haven't made a decision for our family one way or the other on that, uh, kind of up in the air still. So Monday through Friday, however, I usually get up at about 7 a.m., which is a lot later than I used to get up. I used to get up a lot earlier. One of the things that I have discovered is what my natural circadian rhythm is. And that is when I naturally want to fall asleep, when I have my energy peaks throughout the day, and when I really function at my best and my most productive. And I've always been a bit of a night owl, quite honestly. But of course, when you have young infants or you're working a day job where you have to leave early, I didn't get to be a night owl. I would have to force myself to go to bed early and, of course, make myself roll out of bed a lot earlier. But I've been really tracking using, we have a sleep number bed, which we purchased outright ourselves. There's no affiliation or sponsorship or anything like that, just just so you're aware. Um, we bought a sleep number bed a couple of years ago, and it will track your heart rate, resting heart rate, and your breaths per minute, and your deep sleep, and your, <clears throat> excuse me, got a frog in my throat there. And as well as your rest, restlessness. So when you're moving a lot around a lot in bed and when you hit your deep sleep and it tracks all of that and it gives you a report. So I know it's kind of, it sounds kind of high tech and we're, we're homesteading, but um, I have to say the bed has been really amazing for helping if you have a partner who snores and or back issues. We have, we just really love the bed. So anyways, all of that to be said, you can have it um, track those things for you if you wish, or you don't have to use it at all. But by looking at those tracking and those reports, as well as I have an app on my computer and my phone, because I operate a lot on those two items when I'm working, that shows me um, when I am my most productive times, and then also my sleep habits. And so based on the data from those two things, I do best if I go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, and get up at seven in the morning. That is like my perfect where my body gets the most deep sleep, breath rates, resting heart rate, all those things come into play. And I'm actually my most productive in the afternoon as far as work goes. I get a lot more done in the afternoon than I do in the early morning. So I felt the need to explain to you (laughs) my hours there, because I know a lot of times we think of with homesteading with animals, you know, getting up with the rising of the sun, et cetera. And uh, my husband does because he has to commute to his day job a lot earlier um, than I do and get up. But anyhow, that is when I start my day. So when I get up, first thing is I go out and I feed and water the chickens. I take the meat birds, their food, and then the laying hens get fed and everybody gets watered and waters get checked make sure everything's good out there. And then I do a walk through the garden, provided it is not pouring down rain. If it is like a torrential 
rain pour, rain pouring, then I usually skip the garden part until later in the day and we have a break in the weather. But usually it's a walk through the garden and I do slug patrol. So I hand pick slugs and snails off of any of my plants and put them in a small container of soapy water so that they die and stop eating my plants. So that's kind of number one. Um, and whenever the garden is going, which is most of the year, Ideally, you're out there every day, even if it's just a quick walkthrough, because it is so much easier for me, I have found, if there's something that's starting to go south. So either a disease is starting to take hold, there is pests like the slugs and the snails, or any other pests that may come a little bit later in the year, or just anything like that. If I can catch something right away, and I notice it right away, then I can jump on it and I have a lot better success at getting rid of the insects, the pest disease, whatever, before it has a chance to fully take hold. So I really say that the best thing for your garden and success is you and, and being present out there. I will also usually, not every morning, but I would say probably three to four mornings out of the out of the seven days of the week, I will do a little bit of weeding if it needs to be done in that early morning perusal. So taking the bugs and maybe doing a little bit of pruning on the tomatoes if some of the lower leaves seem to come off or anything like that, if I'm seeing some damage. And then I'll usually weed one row. And I found by just doing a little bit like that in the morning first thing, then I don't have to devote in like a whole, you know, few hours spree on the weekend or at another time to doing. It just kind of is my way of keeping on top of things. After that, I come back into the house and I have my first cup of coffee for the day. So I make a cup of coffee and then I go sit down and do my Bible reading and devotional time. For myself, I have found if I do not do my Bible reading and prayer time in the morning, I do not do it later on. I may have the best of intentions to do it in the afternoon or in the evening, but I don't. It just doesn't happen. So for me, I need to do that first thing in the morning after taking care of the animals. So I have my first cup of coffee, do that. And then it is getting the kids up after they are at least roused and had their first wake up call. Then I go in and actually get dressed for the day. And I usually don't eat breakfast. I have never been a big morning person as far as, um, well, getting up early in the morning, <laughs> as you can tell, but I have never really liked to have a big breakfast. Very rarely, maybe occasionally on a weekend or something. Um, I'll have, we'll do a big breakfast. So the kids will have breakfast, but I, I don't, I usually, my coffee is usually my breakfast and I'm good to go until later on in the day. So then making sure the kids are getting ready to go with whatever school assignments they have for that day, kind of checking in, making sure that they're working on whatever. And then I go to, usually I will put a load of laundry in and I do about one load of laundry a day. So that's just kind of one of those things. I just found it easiest if I can keep up on things. So put in a load of laundry and then go through the kitchen real quick. And if there's any dishes that were, we don't have a dishwasher. We actually got our dishwasher broke back in, I think it was like December or January. And we did not replace it. Instead, we put the cupboard space where it was to better use, in my opinion, for some storage. And we put in a large farmhouse sink, which I love. But that means the dishes are hand washed. And so they're on the drying rack. And sometimes depending on how late we eat supper and then get the dishes washed, which we do wash them every night, everybody takes a turn. So we rotate through four people in our family. Everybody takes a dish night. In the morning, if something didn't get dried and put away the night before, then I'm just putting it, taking everything out of the drying rack and putting it up uh, and kind of just make doing a, a quick 
run through the kitchen. Then I also, if there's something for dinner that night that needs to be thawed out, like a large piece of meat, a roast, chicken, whatever, um, do any prep like that that needs to be done. If I'm doing sourdough bread, then that morning I get everything kind of ready and prepped for the day so that it can rise all day and then be baking and ready to come out right at supper time. So it's kind of like my household time that I do a run through, but it's pretty quick. Usually it's about 30 minutes that I would spend doing all of that pretty much max. And then it is to the computer to begin my workday. And usually I'll spend about two to three hours and it's kind of a combination of things. I'll have meetings, of course, customer service emails or just regular emails, chit chatting, you know, back and forth. People have questions, need help. Um, podcasts, recording podcasts, like I'm doing right now. This is on a Monday morning. So it's my first thing to do day is recording this podcast for you. Um, scheduling out emails, writing emails, working on blog posts, etc. So kind of just all that the computer type stuff work. So usually that is from about nine to nine thirty until until at least noon, sometimes twelve thirty. And then I will take a break, uh, have a second cup of coffee, usually around that time, and a kind of a snack. I don't even really I don't eat a huge lunch, but I'll have usually a little bit of something lunch, like around 1230 to one. And it's kind of my break time. And so then the laundry that got washed that morning, uh, depending on the weather, if it's will dry outside, then I take that break, take clothes, go put them out on the line. And, or if it's really nasty out and we don't have a fire going, then they do go in the dryer. So I use my dryer somewhat. Um, but if it's nice out where they're going to dry outside, then it's the dryer. So it's the dryer most of the summer and the fall, which is typically drier time periods for us uh, than the spring. So then it's coming back. And again, kind of like if there's anything that needs prepped for that night's dinner that I didn't do earlier or time-wise needs to come in, I kind of do that on my what you would consider like my lunch break. Then in the afternoon, usually it is some type of filming. So between YouTube videos, uh, Facebook and Instagram stories and or videos, and then all of my different courses and inside the Pioneering Today Academy. So I've got the Pioneering Today Academy, which is my membership. And so I'm delivering new videos um, every month and usually every week to academy members within the different courses. And then I also have independent courses. So some of the courses you can purchase without being an Academy member. And some of them are only available with the membership. Um, right now you can purchase the fruit to jar system, which is uh, canning jams and jellies and pie fillings and fruit fillings, uh, you know, pretty much all your water bath of all your fruit items doing low sugar and no store at pectin options. You can get the fruit to jar system independently. Then I have my full canning course, which is home canning with confidence. And that's everything. It is water bath. It is pressure canning. It is troubleshooting. It is storing. It is canning safety, canning science, um, 65 plus recipes, like everything about canning. Then you can get that course independently. And then you can also get the home ed, homemade bread and baking system, which has all of my sourdough, fresh ground flour series, and then bread baking without fresh, if you're not milling your own flour with regular, like all purpose or bread flour. Um, and of course, like I said, it's got sourdough, it's got bread, the master dough, um, pizza dough, homemade croissants, pie crusts, brownies, um, artisan loaves, sandwich breads, like, oh my goodness, all the, all the things, right. That you would, that you would be baking bread and beyond. So those are the independent courses as well as my homemade bath and body or the handmade masterclass. 
which is, as it sounds, like making soaps and candles and body butters, um, infused herbal lotion bars, etc. So some of those courses, especially the homemade bread and baking one, I am adding content still to, so new videos. So between all of those things, you can imagine I am almost filming almost daily during the week. Maybe not every day, but at least three days out of the week, I am doing some type of filming in the afternoon. And that's because I am filming what we're doing on our homestead and also in teaching. But a lot of this stuff like has to be done, right? And so then I'm filming and sharing it. So it's getting to do the work on my homestead, but also documenting it. So that's making sure, you know, all of the the batteries are charged and getting the film equipment set up and then go and actually doing it. So that usually is an hour or two in the afternoon. And then I take by that time, it's usually about 334. And so then I will take another break, go out, uh, check on the kids, I should say. And they're kind of in, in, in between. So my daughter will sometimes help me film now that she is home from school. So that'll be part of her homeschooling project and learning is, is helping be my videographer. Um, and then, you know, checking in on the kids to, if they need help with something. So that's kind of happening in, in between uh, everything while I'm working, uh, making sure, you know, they got lunch or if they need anything. Um, and then that they're getting their chores. So we tend to focus like the kids on doing their chores happens more in the afternoon, right when I get done filming. So we kind of convene together and everybody goes and make sure that their chores are done. They wrapped everything up schoolwork wise, or if they need any more help, I go back out, check all the watering for the meat birds, especially they are reaching the point, um, that they are really starting to go through the feed and water. So I have to make sure that their water is topped off. And just kind of doing a quick, quick rounds on that. And then if there's anything that I didn't get done that I need to get done in the garden that I didn't do that morning, kind of coming back around to that. Um, sometimes it's pruning, sometimes it's actually beginning to harvest things. So for example, today, this afternoon, I need to go out and harvest some of my holy basil leaves and get those drying um, so that I've got them for tea and tincture making later on this week or next. So after that, then it really is kind of like anything, like if I need to slow cook or anything like that, just kind of depends on the recipe for the day or what we're having for dinner that night, but kind of come back and do any prep that needs to be done. And sometimes, you know, at some of these different points in the day, I don't need to do any prep, but depending on the day, sometimes I do. And then I go and I work out. I am not, I think I've mentioned this. I'm not an early morning person. So I don't work out in the morning. I have tried it. I don't enjoy it. I don't work out in the morning, but I do work out between five and six days a week. And I do it in the late afternoon, which is usually about four thirty, five o'clock, sometimes four o'clock, kind of right in there, just depending on how the day is going. So living on a homestead and having livestock, yes, we are lifting, you know, 25 to 50 pound bags of feed at different times throughout the day. There's a lot of bending and stooping and kneeling and squatting when you're doing the garden and then reaching for pruning, uh, moving stuff around, but it's not enough for me to stay in really, truly tip top physical shape. And for me, so I work out, like I said, five to six days a week and it looks different. And I work out at home, especially right now. I did teach a fitness class at our local fitness center before COVID um, once a week and then attended some classes there. 
But usually I do the majority of my workouts at home just because the closest gym with like weights and machines and all of that is almost an hour away from us. It's a good like 40 minutes away. Um, and so I just know that I'm never going to drive two hours almost just to go and work out. It's just not feasible and practical. And I've went through periods where I have not worked out. And here are the reasons that I work out. <laughs> I feel the need to, I don't know if justify is quite the right word, but to share this with you. So I have noticed that I sleep a lot better, a lot deeper. My breath rate and my resting heart rate are a lot lower when I work out. I don't have as much stress. I don't have as much anxiety and I'm not as liable to be snippy. <laughs> Or maybe short on patience with my family when I work out. And I think that's because it is a stress release for me. And the one of the reasons that I work out is because I plan on living this homestead lifestyle until the day the good Lord takes me home. And I know I'm 39 years old, just in case you were wondering. And I know that obviously as I age, if I don't keep my physical level and strength level where it's at right now, and hopefully even improve it, I mean, that's my goal, that it's only going to degrade and go down. It's not going to increase unless I am actively building muscle and keeping my, my physical strength up to the point where it's at now. So I want to be, my father is in his 80s and he still runs his sawmill. He still cuts firewood. He still has a garden. When I am 80 years old, I still want to physically be able to do all of these things on our homestead. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I keep myself physically fit. So, and I do work out as well because I do want my clothes to fit. I don't want to have to go and buy bigger sizes. I will be honest. Um, There's that. There is a small element of that. But the other reason is I noticed when I don't work out, like say I go two weeks, which has happened not for a long time, but in the past, I would kind of work out more sporadically. Like I would be like, okay, I'm going to you know, do this and I would do really good for a while. And then I kind of just fall off the wagon, so to speak, and I wouldn't work out. And I've noticed that if I go like two weeks without working out, which is about how long looking at some different studies and stuff I've read over the past um, for your muscles to start to, if you're not using them, then you start to lose strength and and move backwards. I hurt like my, my, I know when I, I'm like, Oh, I sound so ancient in my thirties, I'm hurting. But truthfully, like my upper back and my middle back um, will start to kind of hurt when I'm standing, or I'll just notice weird different muscle pains here and there or joint pain. Now, when I'm working out, I will be sore, especially if I have lifted heavy or I'm doing a new workout or I'm pushing harder in order to gain new muscle, right? And not to the point where I'm so sore, like it's debilitating and I can't walk, but it's actually good when you work out and you're a little bit sore the next day. That is signs that your muscles are growing um, and you are actually getting stronger and you're putting on muscle strength. But it's a different kind of hurt than the hurt when I haven't worked out for a couple of weeks Um, And so I would much rather have a little bit of muscle soreness and know that I'm becoming stronger than have the other kind of pain when I don't work out. And so if you've never worked out before, that might sound kind of weird, but that's what I've noticed for me. So those are all of the reasons, (laughs) I know there was a lot there, um, that I work out five to six days a week. So I don't know if you have any interest in knowing what my workout is, but being this is we're kind of going over the daily and then also the weekly schedule, I will dive into it a little bit. And if you would like to know more about it, I could definitely cover it more in depth, um, either in like a YouTube video or another podcast episode. So you guys can let me know because I want to share things that 
you're interested in and that you find helpful. And sometimes I'm just not sure how deep I should go into something. So you can let me know on that. But I will do I do alternating days. So one day I will lift and I just have dumbbells and my own body weight in a kettlebell. So I don't have like a, a bench system or a big weightlifting system, etc. Um, but I will do upper body one day with weights, um, with a little bit of cardio, but mainly just weightlifting. And then the next day I will alternate that. So usually the next day, then I will just do cardio where I'm just getting my heart rate up. And I usually only work out for 30 to 40 minutes. So I am not doing big, huge, long, extremely long workouts. I would much rather just hit it hard and get it done. (laughs) Um, but I've also learned that if I just try to do all cardio for five to six days a week, I do have low thyroid and some adrenal gland issues, and that tends to be too much for me. So the weightlifting has been great to do interspersing in between that and then just doing some cardio and some HIIT training, which is high-intensity training intervals um, when I say HIIT. But I have learned that I can't do that. I can't do HIIT and high-intense cardio five to six days a week, or I burn, literally, I burn myself out and my thyroids tank my thyroids. I only have one. I don't have multiples. <laughs> I meant to say my thyroid and my adrenal glands tank. Um, and then I've, I've wiped myself out too much, but I found if I alternate, then for me, that works very well. And I'm able to sustain that for pretty much in, indefinitely I can go. And, and sometimes, um, if there's a lot of stress going on, I'll kind of back my, I still do the workout, but I'll back it off a little bit. And maybe I'll do an extra day of like flexibility Pilates type, um, using just my own body weight and not doing a cardio. But that being said, it's usually Monday will be like upper upper body with weights. Then the next day will be cardio. And then Wednesday will be lower body with weights. And then the next day um, I will do, it's called PIO. And that's actually what I'm certified to teach in when I did the fitness classes. And so it is low impact using principles from Pilates where you are doing little pulses with your muscles, but holding them and contracting them for a long time. So you're not using weights. You're just using your own body's resistant and your own body weight, um, with flexibility and low impact cardio. So it's kind of like all the things rolled into one, but you're not using weights. You're just using your own body's resistant. And it also really improves your flexibility. Um, and that is what I first started doing when I came back to exercising, when I was really starting to heal and be able to get energy back from the, all the issues I went through when I was first finally diagnosed, I should say, with having low thyroid. Um, so I usually do that, put that in there, and then I'll do the following, which would be like Friday. Then I will do kind of like an all over body workout with weights. So there'll be some upper body, there'll be some lower body, a little bit of cardio, but definitely with weights in there. And then I will usually do a really good stretching um, with some different yoga moves and flexibility on Saturday. And then Sunday, I don't always work out. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And then when I'm done with that, um, depending upon the weather, sometimes we'll go for a walk together as a family while dinner is cooking. So by that time, I usually have dinner either in the Instapot or on the stove or in the oven, whatever. And so during its cook time, if it's not something I have to stand over and and obviously be on top of, um, we'll either go play a round of volleyball out in the yard with everybody, kids, my husband, myself, or we'll go for a family walk come back in, have dinner, 
And then it's cleanup time. And then it's going out and taking the food away from the meat birds right now, making sure everybody is pinned up and safe and sound. And then back into the house. And then we usually do either we'll watch a family show together or do family game night, um, just kind of whatever it is. Sometimes we have family movie night. Usually that's on Fridays, though. Um, and that is kind of and then I will go sometimes I'm trying to get better at this. But oftentimes I will go back and do another hour's work or so, um, kind of depending on how fast we get through dinner and things get cleaned up. Or after everybody goes to bed, I'll do another hour or so on the computer if I didn't get stuff done. I'm trying not to do that, though, because I have found that once I get back on the computer and get working, I will oftentimes thinking I'm only going to do like maybe a half hour or so in the evening. And then it ends up being like two or three hours. I I tend to have a really strong work ethic, um, almost to the point of my own detriment at times, honestly. And that's like I said, I was putting in 60 plus hours on the computer um, over the past couple of months. And so I've really had to make myself start to pull back and be cognizant of how much time and what I'm doing and, and not doing quite so much. So that's why in the month of June, I'm not doing any uh, trainings, video trainings. I was doing a lot of master classes or, or webinars, um, a lot of those during the past couple of months. But outside of the academy, um, I'm not doing any live video trainings for at least the month of June. I really don't even know yet. I have to wait and assess how things are once we move into July and August. Um, but so that's kind of the how the week is right now. And then weekends, I try not to do computer work very much. I usually still put in a couple of hours, at least on a Saturday, though. Um, and I try not to do any on Sunday, but sometimes I do a little bit, if I'm being honest. So I'm really actually trying to pull back from working so much. I didn't know this is this episode was going to be <laughs> was going to dive into that so much, but that's kind of where things are at. So weekends is where we really focused on the homestead stuff. So putting in new fences, livestock pens, moving livestock, um, getting a new garden time, you know, putting in new garden beds if we are uh, planting. And then as we're moving in right now, that is my preserving time. Now, once I hit August, really about mid-July all the way through um, mid-September, honestly, the, everything is coming on as far as the warm weather stuff so hot and heavy that I am definitely doing multiple things of canning or fermenting or dehydrating or, or what all the different forms that we use on Saturdays and Sundays. But usually even during midweek, I'm having to do some type of preserving as well. And it might be pickling with the cucumbers. It might be, you know, green beans, just kind of depends on what's coming on. But during the big preserving season, I just know that for those two months, I am putting in a lot more time than I am even right now. So that will be where other things kind of have to take a little bit of a, of a back scale and I'll have to scale back even a little bit more probably uh, work-wise um, than I am right now because that is just top priority. And then usually on the weekend evenings, we try to have things, dinner and everything wrapped up like around seven so that we have a couple of hours every night as family. So we'll do, like I said, fam we'll do a longer family game night. We definitely will do family movie night. Um, if it's really nice, we'll be outside just kind of enjoying the time together. We have a hot tub, so we'll 
all the kids and us will go out um, and spend a little bit of time in the hot tub. And then we let to go when it's really warm out, then we, you know, we like to go try to take some of the afternoons off and then we'll come back in the cool of the evening. We'll kind of flip things around. And in the cool of the evening, we'll do some of the preserving and gardening stuff after it's cooled off. But then in the mid part of the day, and this is definitely more towards and definitely after July, we have a joke in the Pacific Northwest. That it's not summer until July 5th because it seems like it's always rainy all the way through the 4th of July, fireworks are done in the rain most times. <laughs> um, and then it, it typically starts to get warmer the day after the 4th of July. So we kind of have a joke. So after the 4th of July, starting July 5th on the weekends, if it's really hot, uh, we'll try to take a break away and take the kids swimming, go on a picnic or something fun like that. Um, and then come back once it's cooled off more to do the other work. So it kind of has, like I said, that season thing, there's a little bit of a flip, but we try to get Saturday is definitely work day of getting all the the chores and the projects and the stuff done that we didn't get to during the week. And then Sunday, so like I said, every day I do a load of laundry and then there's in the evening time is kind of more when I do as I'm like doing dinner prep and we're cooking dinner, I will kind of do run throughs where, you know, sweep, keep the counters clean, clean up the kitchen. Um, and then that's when the clothes are dry if they've been outside or inside. So then the laundry all gets folded and put away every single day. So when we do a load, it's like full circle, <laughs> gets washed, dried, folded and put away all that same day. So come the weekend though, is when more deep cleaning gets done as well. So cleaning the bathrooms and dusting and, you know, kind of all those things, decluttering stuff. And then Sunday, right now, we aren't able to go to church, but normally we go to church every Sunday. I'm on the praise and worship team. And so Sundays, um, you know, morning from the time, you know, we get up, it's getting ready and going to church. And then we get back in the afternoon. Well, right now that's not happening because with all of the COVID that's still going on, we're not back into church yet, though it looks like we will be able to um, within the next couple of weeks. So I'm really excited for that to happen. But Sunday afternoons is when I do a lot of my batch prepping for the following week. So that is when I do the majority of my bread baking. So I do try to do all of the bread baking for the week as far as like having sandwich bread, etc., and then I will do something for breakfast. So sometimes it's like the chocolate sourdough bread, which is more like a quick, a sweet bread or muffins or the handmade pop tarts, little hand pies, but things that my husband can grab really quick on his way out the door or that the kids can, you know, just do up for themselves really quick without having to cook anything. Even though they're homeschooling now, we kind of just have been in that habit from when I was taking them to school and we're having to leave a lot earlier. Um, that we don't do a big cooked breakfast during the week. We'll kind of save that more for the weekends on Saturdays. Um, usually just Saturdays because prior to this Sunday, we were I was leaving early for praise and worship practice, which we would have before service. And then my family would come in during the regular service. So I wasn't at home. And so anyways, that's a little bit kind of like for our breakfast. But that's where I do the prep. And so then it's uh, creating stuff for lunches. So my husband takes his lunch usually um, with him. And then I don't really stop and prepare a lunch from scratch during the work week. And so it's, you know, going out and prepping up a big thing, a salad. I usually do a big thing of eggs. So either hard boiled eggs or deviled eggs. Um, and like I said, bread for sandwiches or toast or quick things, whatever it may be, it kind of varies, but I try to do a, a big batch cooking run on Sunday so that then all that stuff is ready to go. And then it's just cooking, cooking dinner 
um, for the rest of the week and not having to assemble and, and make a lot of those other meals or thing and or things for snacks. And then we try not to plan a lot for Sunday evening so that Sunday evening is kind of an early dinner and we can just uh, sit and relax or, you know, just spend time together as a family. Sometimes like this Sunday, I'm recording this on a Monday and we're getting our pigs. We're picking our pigs up this afternoon. And so this past Sunday was making sure that everything was ready for the pig pen, that the electric fence was up and everything was working and we were testing everything and kind of getting all that. So we kind of had dinner and then made sure all of that was ready to go. My husband was really working on that, making sure everything was in place to bring home the pigs. So I hope that you found that helpful. And if you have any more questions or want me to delve into any of those areas further in depth, please do let me know. You can leave it in a review of this podcast episode on whatever app you're listening to. You can shoot me an email. You can message me on social media and I will do my best to get that info out there. So for our verse of the week, we are in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. And day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple with united purpose. And in their homes, they broke bread, including the Lord's Supper. They partook of their food with gladness and simplicity and generous hearts, constantly praising God and being in favor and goodwill with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved from spiritual death. That was the amplified translation of the Bible. And Right now, we're not able to regularly assemble in our churches during COVID. But what I loved about this part is they partook of their food with gladness and simplicity and generous hearts. And during this time, I have been filled with gratitude that we have food. Uh, Seriously, when you go to the stores and shelves are stripped bare, that's not something I had ever experienced before um, in my life. I had never went through anything like that before. And there was still other food on the store shelves, just maybe not some, you know, the flour was maybe wiped out or sugar or, you know, different things like that. But for the most part, there was some type of food on other areas of the store shelves. So there was always food available, just maybe not particularly what it was that you wanted and or needed to buy at that exact time. But it has never made me so thankful and so grateful for what we do have as going through this time. And just the simplicity of baking a loaf of bread for my family and that we're together and around the table, and we're all okay, that simplicity and gladness has been so prevalent. And one of the good things that I think has came out of this is just us really realizing, you know, what really matters and just kind of bringing that home at a new, a new awareness and a new level. But I also loved the generous hearts, you know, being able to help someone out, to give them something, um, being able to grow extra. And so you've got extra and you can provide and give to somebody else. Uh, We had some extra plants and so I was able to give those uh, to my parents actually. Um, But just if you have extra, it's a really incredible feeling to know that you can help and give that to someone else. 
So I thought that was a very great verse for us to include in this episode. And thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to be back here with you again next week. Mm-hmm.